I think anytime, anytime that we can get, anytime we can get the same effect as a baseball game, right? Peanuts, get your peanuts, and look at this. I love it. I love it. Happy Father's Day. We love you, God. You are the greatest father ever. Let's give Dad a hand. Uh, one thing that I definitely want to call attention to is this Saturday night, we're having an encounter night led by the amazing and extraordinary uh, Beardens. And so 7 o'clock. Now, here's, here's the deal. It is a lot of fun. It's very wild. It's very unstructured. If you like structure, you should come because you're going to get your face rocked off. Um, but there won't be any. But it is just a wonderful time. One of the things that I so appreciate about, about uh, Robert and Wendy is they just carry such a passion for the Lord himself. They very much take our first ministry, which is directly unto the Lord, seriously. And um, I love to go over to their house and see them when they just worship. You get into a small group with these guys and spend time with the presence uh, of God and them. And it is just fantastic. So if you... Um, have never been a part of an encounter, and I, I think you're going to love it. Um, but it is just such a sweet time of vertical worship unto the Lord, and there's going to be some people dancing and some people painting and some people worshiping and some people prophesying. And uh, so if that's your cup of tea and you enjoy that aspect of the kingdom, you're going to love Saturday night, 7 o'clock. And... Isaiah Logan Guth is now in the house. Isaiah Logan Guth, hold him up. The man child. We really do have to get that because mine wasn't as good, but I, but I gave it my all. All right, I need to pray. Father in heaven, I ask that you would anoint the words that I'm going to speak, not so that I can feel good about having spoken well, Lord, but rather that your scriptures would be honored in this house that your word, which never comes back void, would fulfill the very thing that it was sent to do. Lord, we thank you because you have given us the Bible, the inspired words of God written down. And in that very word, you said that it's a two-edged sword, that it cuts even down to the very motivations of the heart, that it's living and active. You also said in your scriptures, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and teach us all things. And that as we read the word, your Holy Spirit gives us the ability to not only read it, but to understand it. And to not only understand it, but to be transformed by it. Jesus, when you came, you said, I am the word. And in fact, those that, that did not accept you, Christ, you said, you read the scriptures, for you believe that in them you find the words of life, but they testify about me. So, Lord, we know you are the Word. In 1 John, you said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You are the Word. Thank you for the Scriptures. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Direct us today. Transform us today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We've been going on a journey together to talk about some of the core values of Christ Center, who we are as a tribe. And if you're with us today, we, I use the word tribe, we use that word often because how many of you know there were 12 tribes of Israel, but they were all one family. And we're a church, we're part of the church, which is one family, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the family of God. So we are a family. But we're one tribe of all those families. Christ Center is not the only part of the family. We're not the best part of the family because that whole family is the best part of the family. But we're one tribe in that family. And we have a unique call. We have a unique accent. We have unique giftings. We have a unique assignment here in Junction City, the epicenter of all that God wants to do in the United States. And we take that very seriously. And you know what? Every family has its own traditions, and they're good. It's good to have traditions, isn't it? As long as they're aligned with the kingdom of heaven, the answer is yes. Yes, it's very good. And so there's certain things, there's certain, um, let me take a little drink, certain things, such as we're very childlike. Sorry, a couple of you got that. Okay. <clears throat> there's certain things that we want to make sure that all of us catch, certain core beliefs that, that are so vital for us to see and understand in order to fulfill the assignment that God's given us in this time, in this place. I love in the Bible where, where at one point the, the psalmist David says, this is written for a people not yet born. You know, you read the word knowing it was written for you before you were even born. We also know that in the word it says that certain people were born at certain times, and seasons. Do you know that you were born at the exact right time, in the exact right place, for the exact right reason? And that God has called you and gifted you uniquely to be able to fulfill the very things that he designed for you to do? And all you have to do is show up and believe he's good and hang out with his people and you will always be in the right place at the right time. And so some of those things that we're talking about, these are our core beliefs, these are our core values. Lord, I don't want to miss out in being in the right place at the right time. I don't want to misunderstand what's going on and just sort of become a bystander. I don't just want to be an audience. I want to be a son and a daughter and I want to be engaged with what you're doing right now. I want to know what you value and I want to value it. I, don't want, you, I want to know what you're doing and I want to do it. And so these are the things that we've been covering. These are the things that we've been covering, and, and, we, and, and so I get the glory. We've been talking about the church for the last, uh, the last couple of sections. What does the church do? What is it? And so today I'm going to talk about that the church works together to extend God's family. The last couple of weeks we, we shared about the church is God's family on earth. We are a family. He's a good father, and you're sons and daughters, and you look like your daddy. The church exists to glorify God on earth. We talked about because we can worship God in everything that we do, that means everything matters when we bring it unto the king. I can make a meal and glorify God. I can give someone a glass of cold water in the name of Jesus, and the Bible says, I will by no means lose my reward for that cold glass of water for one person. Everything counts. Everything matters. Everything that we do as worship unto the Lord glorifies God, and therefore it matters. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about how the church works together to extend God's family. I want you to say this word. I want you to say this phrase, no backup plan. I know, it's the only time that that's a great idea is with the kingdom of heaven, that there is no backup plan. 
In every other situation, you want a backup plan, right? It's like, hey, we're going to try this, but if it doesn't work, uh, you, you bring the Band-Aids. But with God, there's no backup plan. He sends the first and the best and the excellent and the fullness the first time. And that's who we are. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he said, I am the light of the world. Right before he left, he turned to us and said, you are the light of the world. <laughs> I know, right? Some of you are like, oh, I hope he has a backup plan. He doesn't. No backup plan. We are the light of the world. We are the salt and the light. We are here as the family of God to live according to the scriptures under the direction and revelation and unction of the Holy Spirit, empowered by the very, as the word says, the very spirit that was in Christ that raised him from the dead is in you, quickening you, quickening me, quickening us to actually be able to do the very works of Jesus Christ on this earth. That's why Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And another place in the Bible, it says this, as he is, so are we. We are called to be like Christ on this earth. Fully submitted to the Father. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father doing it. So we're to say the same things. I don't do anything unless I see my Father doing it. But in another place, the Bible says this, his commands are not burdensome. You can know what the will of God is, that we would love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, love our neighbor as ourself. Now there's a couple things that we do specifically as we're living this out. So we are the family of God. We are, what the, the primary thing, if you remember what Jesus said, is he came and he said, I came to reveal the Father. And Jesus was what? What did he come as? Did somebody say a son? Because that's the right answer. He came as a son. This is such a huge revelation because Jesus came to demonstrate what it's like to be a child of the Father and what it is to grow up to be an adult son of the Father. But that revelation of being a child of God, being a son or a daughter of God, is the fullness of what we're to be on this earth, which is what? Family. And the church, the ecclesia, we are called out. We are a called out people. We are called to be the family of God. And God wants to extend his family through the way that we live, the way that we love, the way that we give, the way that we think, the way that we create, the way that we do everything that we do. He wants that to glorify him. Why? Because he is ultimately good. He's the absolute best that can happen. So it's right that we should glorify him. When we do that in everything, people are automatically compelled to say, who is your daddy? Why do you love the way that you love? Why do you live the way that you live? Where is this coming from? But this is absolutely impossible for us without the power of the Spirit of God inside of us. Jesus himself was born sinless. We know this. He was born. It was a miracle, straight-up miracle. A virgin has the Holy Spirit rest upon her, and she physically becomes pregnant. People didn't believe it then. They just thought Mary was a bit of a loose-living lady, including Joseph. He's going to divorce her. 
Jesus is born naturally as a man, as a human being, just like us. No superpowers. Did you catch that? Jesus wasn't born with superpowers. He was born as a man. Well, as a baby man. (laughs) Thank God for Mary. Let's focus. He was born as a baby. He grew into a man. What happens? The Holy Spirit, when Jesus is baptized, comes upon Jesus. And from that point on, he does miracles. Every time that Jesus spoke, he consistently said this, I don't work on my own accord, I only do what I see my Father doing. What was he demonstrating? He was demonstrating what sons and daughters are supposed to act like. We don't have power to do things outside of what God wants that power to do. Let me say it a different way. We don't get to make the Holy Spirit do fancy stuff Unless God the Father wants the Holy Spirit to do that. We're either going to co-labor with what God's actually doing and have power to do it, or we're going to have to do something under our own unction and power. And those are the only options. So Jesus himself was completely dependent. He was the first person to, be, to have the Holy Spirit come and stay upon him. Are you guys with me? And this is a key thing for us, because we're the family of God and we exist one of the things we exist for, I don't say it's the only thing, as you can see there's, there, are, there are kind of three main ones, but one of the main things is that God wants a bigger family. He loves all of us. He loves all the orphans in the world. And until we're born again, we're orphans. And he wants us to be the family that comes and says, you are a son of the most high God. Did you know that that's what you were created for? And we preach that good news. Preaching just simply means I'm telling you this is good news. Hey, Josh, good news. Your dad thinks you're awesome. You are a great son. I just preached. We're all called to preach that good news. Now, here's the deal. We are not capable of preaching that good news, living that kind of a life, understanding even the scriptures unless the Spirit of God actually gives us that ability. The Scripture says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Do you know that you can read the Scriptures and still not know God? How do we know this? Because it says in the Word, when Jesus is being, he's being uh, criticized by the Pharisees, who are later going to go ahead and crucify him, and they start saying, you're casting out demons by the power of demons. You're working miracles by the power of Satan. And Jesus turns to him and he says, listen, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but they're talking about me and I'm right here and you're rejecting me. What's the point? The point is not that I'm worried that all y'all are not knowing God. The point is that we must have the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives so that we actually understand the scriptures. Because otherwise we'll apply the scriptures in ways that are actually just just us being humanistic, honestly, and trying to apply those scriptures to go ahead and validate the way we already want to live. Unless the Spirit of God comes and gives us the ability to understand those scriptures, which he's happy to do, we won't understand them. And that's the other thing we won't be able to actually live them. I know that everyone in this house has has had times in their life where they're frustrated because they've been absolutely powerless to actually live the very thing that they're reading. I'm not even gonna ask you to raise your hand because if you're drawing breath, you've faced that at some time or another. 
Paul, one of the most, the, the greatest, one of the greatest preachers and, and apologists of our time, of, well, history, I mean, the guy's amazing, would tell the church, pray for me, in his epistle, pray for me that I would be, give bold, be given boldness to preach the gospel as I should. Pray for me that I will be bold to preach the gospel as I should. And this is a guy that's been shipwrecked, whipped, beaten, stoned. The guy got, they stoned him. It wasn't even legal yet, like in Oregon. Okay, sorry. Anyway, and he gets back up and he walks out. No, 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 you don't, no. He walks out. It's a miracle. But here's the deal. Paul has been willing to be whipped, stoned, shipwrecked, imprisoned. The guy is so fearless. But then you turn around and what does he do? He goes, pray for me that I will be given boldness to preach the gospel as I should. I think every one of us faces those times where, where we're going, man, I really I must just have a different gift in the body than to share good news with people about Jesus, right? Because I just feel really, honestly terrified about opening my mouth up and just saying like, hey, has anybody ever explained the gospel to you? I mean, when's the last time that you, you made that statement to somebody? Hey, has anybody ever explained the gospel to you? Does anybody, anybody want to raise their hand? So we'll give you like a bag of jerky. It's right here. Why is that? Why is that? Is it because, well, it's for no other reason but that we must be given boldness in order to be willing to do that? Uh, what I'm, this is encouraging. If you're discouraged because you haven't shared the gospel with anybody for like, you know, ever, know that the good news is, is that under the unction of the Holy Spirit, if you ask God to give you boldness to preach the gospel, if you ask him for the spirit of God to come in, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, right? Quickened Christ's body from the dead, works mightily in you so that you will have the ability to actually communicate and live according to what the scripture says. So here's the great news. If we've found ourselves in a rut, if we found ourselves in a place where we've been consistently powerless in an area, we can pray and we can ask for prayer. We're called to ask for prayer. We're gonna make room for that today. And God promises that as we pray that the spirit of God will quicken us to actually live the scriptures. Not just talk about them. Not sit around and theorize about what the best technique is, but rather to say, this is truth. This is life. This is how I'm living. I'm able to actually submit to this word because the Spirit of God is in me, giving me the ability to do that. Just like Jesus who said, apart from him, I can't even do this. These words are spirit and life. So the church makes disciples, the church evangelizes, and the church serves the cities. How many of us get tired? I mean, I'm just talking physically weary, emotionally weary. And, and there's an opportunity to serve, but you're like, oh, man, because I kind of feel tired. And you know what? That's okay, because you've been working. But the reality of it is that we've been called to extend God's family on earth. And in order to do that, it's not going to happen by accident. Failing to plan is not following the direction of the Holy Spirit. 
Having zero strategy for your life is not called depending on a divine appointment. That's just called lack of planning. Somebody say, ouch. <laughs> it's true. We're like, the Lord will direct my footsteps. It's like, well, what does the scripture say? Because he's actually written it out there for you as to what that would look like. Oh, he'll just let me know. He wrote it down. If he wants me to know, he'll tell me. He's telling you right now. But we don't have the power to fulfill the word. We will rationalize. We will dumb things down to our current level of experience. We'll do all the things that every other humanistic Christian that ever lived will do apart from the power of God working mightily in us the same way that it did for Jesus, the same way that it did for Paul, the same way that it did for Martin Luther, the same way that it did for Smith Wigglesworth, the same way that it did for Red Crab. Yeah, I'm gonna share Red Crab's testimony. I'm not even gonna let him share it. And then if it's wrong, then he gets to preach next Sunday and make it right. Red Crab often says, I would have been the nicest guy that ever went to hell. And you know that's right if you've met Red Crab. That's the truth of it. And he heard about Christ Center. We had a private school at that time, and he sold Amway at the time. And if you know Red Crab, you know he was good at it. And so he decided, I'm going to go in and I'm going to meet, I'm going to talk with John Bowers, who was the principal and the pastor, founding pastor at the time. Uh, founding pastor, of course, and principal at the time. And I'm going to sell him Amway, and then I'm going to get all the peeps that are going to this church and school and whatnot. You didn't even know it was a church yet. Just thought it was a school. All the people in the school in the downline, and I'll make some money, which is fine. It's wonderful. It's a good idea. So he comes, and he walks into the office, and he says, John, I'm here to talk to you about an opportunity. And John says, nope, you're here to get saved. <laughs> and Red goes, and, and, he, and, and Red had been down around the block with some religious folk that didn't necessarily have the unction of the Holy Spirit. So he's like, you know, I've heard this speech before. He turns around to leave. God opens his spiritual eyes. The ground opens up and he sees hell. And he falls down on his knees and he says, pray for me. And John said, I wouldn't pray for you if you were the last person on earth. And he says, and John says, you pray. And he led him in the, in the sinner's prayer, good old-fashioned sinner's prayer. And that's how Red Crab got saved. Now, I didn't get to see hell opened up in order to turn to Jesus. I just tried to die a few times. But you don't have to have that extraordinary of an experience in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to live according to what the Scripture says that we're called to live. But in that situation... You have someone who was an extraordinarily good person, who was actually raised aware of the scriptures, living a good life, beautiful wife, great, come on, we needed some more than that, beautiful wife. My wife always says, when I get there, that's how I want to look. That's what Karen says. We love that lady. Okay. And God comes in by the power of the Holy Spirit and opens up Red's eyes to see what is actually going on. Now, you don't have to see the darkness of hell opened up in front of you like a vortex to be aware of that. God can open your spiritual eyes without you having to see that. 
but we must have our spiritual eyes opened. And part of what we do as the family of God is we actually share good news. We share it through serving the city. We share it through actually speaking it. We share it by making disciples of others so that our lives actually look like it. God calls you to forgive everyone else in this room 490 times a day. How many times must I forgive, Lord? Up to seven? <laughs> All right, Peter. Not seven, but seven times 70, Peter. And as long as it is called today, do not harden your heart, says in another place. Do the math. 490 times a day. Somebody is going to get exhausted before they're going to be able to sin against you 490 times a day. They're just going to give up. What does that mean? Love wins. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, we will rely on that sense of, but you hurt my feelings. And you know about the wounds that I've had. And God says, you know what? Those are true. Those wounds are true. And they do know about that. And they were wrong. And they're guilty. And I'm sorry that they hurt you. Now call upon me that I would give you the same strength that raised Christ from the dead so that you will be raised from the death you're trying to bring to this relationship and forgive that person because I forgave you. It's impossible for you without the Holy Spirit to do that. You're too petty. You're too, we, sorry, we. We're too petty. We're too shallow. We'll keep little lists. We'll decide that they should know better. And we'll come up with some reason why we don't have to associate with these saints anymore. Why we don't have to get along anymore. Why we don't have to trust nobody anymore. Why nobody else is allowed to speak into our lives about anything, even though it says stir each other up to good works. If you see your brother in a sin, go talk to him, go confront him. And if he repents, know that you saved your brother's life from hell. Whoa. Scriptures, take it easy on me. And God says, yeah, I know, right? I think that's how he talks. To me. It's a lower dialect. But with my Holy Spirit, not only will you live like this, but you will embrace this and be able to live the scriptures. I better go ahead and give you some scriptures or you're going to be like, yeah, you quoted a lot, but I didn't see anything up there. Bam. Jesus commissions us. He says, and Jesus came, this is Matthew 28, and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Later he says, now go, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. And then you will become my witnesses to all the ends of the earth." Our commission is the same. You must be endued with the power of God in order to do the scriptures. And I want you to just set aside. I, I, I'm a huge fan of physical healing. I'm a huge fan of casting out demons. I'm a huge fan of praying in tongues. I'm a huge fan of all that stuff. I like that stuff. 
I like my favorite, I grew up reading comic books. The idea that we get to have some superpowers now and then sounds extraordinary, but I want you to put that all aside for a minute. I'm saying I believe in it, but I'm not even talking about that right now. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, patience, forgiveness, self-control, against which there is no law. And without the activity of the Holy Spirit, none of us can actually do that. So when God says that we're called as the church to extend the family of God, a huge part of it, number one, number one, it's a big number one, stay a family long enough to do it. <laughs> Have you ever seen two people that love each other? Anybody? Anybody at all? They just, it's just amazing. And I'm not talking like the fresh, like, I mean, it is fun when they're like, oh, poo. What, what's the, come on, Seinfeld, baby. What is it? Smoopy. Oh, Smoopy. Yeah, that's fine, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about grandma and grandpa, where grandpa knows exactly how grandma likes her tea and how they have fun little things that they say to each other. My grandma and grandpa, my great-grandma and grandpa, they're both with the Lord now, but I took my wife when we were 17 to go and meet them, and, and, um, and so we sit down, Grandpa Poppy, Grandma Ruth, and we sit down and we're talking, and, and Grandpa Poppy's a great storyteller, so, and he was, a, uh, he was a lieutenant colonel, and uh, just great stories, so he's telling these stories, and he's like, yeah, and, and then I had to requisition, these. he's got these fantastic stories, and we're sitting there like, this is amazing, and we look over, and Grandma Ruth is... And so grandpa really, like he was very sweet, but like tenderly and sweetly, he like reaches over and he pops the, you know, taps the back of her head and she, and he goes, did you fall asleep in the midst of my story? And she goes, oh honey, I've just heard them so many times. But it wasn't like, ah, no, it was so sweet. I mean, right, we got saved. I mean, it was, Karen and I looked at each other and she goes, I'm going to fall asleep in your stories when you get that age but you can wake me up. We saw something there that made me say, she already falls asleep during my stories. Okay, <laughs> we're already there, isn't that cute? <laughs> but we saw something there in my family that made me go, that's real, I want that, I wanna be a part of that. As we live the scriptures together, it's the only way that we'll be able to do this. And the only way that we're able to do this is by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? I've got another scripture here I want to share with you. Uh-oh. Connection lost. Come back, baby. Hallelujah. All right. I love this. Continuing. Light of the world. I already quoted all these, so we're doing good. Here we go. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, my brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Everything that I just shared with you is part of us accepting. Can I have the worship team come? Us accepting this call to submit ourselves unto God, which is our reasonable service. And this morning, as I was praying, and, 
And as I was preparing this message throughout the last couple of weeks, I was saying, God, what keeps us, what keeps us from being more fruitful in this? You know, what, why do we get stuck, Lord? I'm just talking about our tribe, by the way. I'm not talking about the rest of the church. I'm talking about this part of the church. Lord, what's going on? Why are we stuck in the places where we're stuck? And I kept hearing him remind me of that scripture. It says, stir one another up to good works. And I kept hearing that scripture, do not grow weary in well-doing. For if you do not faint, you will reap a reward. And then he started reminding me. I wasn't able to do anything without the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, in another place, it says that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You guys familiar with the scripture I'm talking about? The word without the Holy Spirit actually brings death. Because you can't actually do it without being born again and then having the Spirit of God work within you. Now, you have to co-labor with the Holy Spirit. That just simply means agree. It means that you go after the thing that the Scripture's telling you to do, knowing that He'll give you the ability to do it as you go. Many of us have forgotten to live the Scriptures or we have lowered our experience, our, I mean, our, our belief system down to our current level of experience. And we can point at our experiences and say, man, it used to be better, it used to be easier, I used to be more aware of God, da, 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 da. And those things are all true and it's okay. But it's not okay to stay there for us. It's not okay for us to just dumb it down to like, I have my one Christian service a week that I do. And that's gonna have to be enough for the Lord because I'm a busy person. As we've shared through the weeks, and this, this message doesn't stand on its own, you're gonna have to put it in with the rest that we've been speaking, with the whole scriptures. But I believe that the Lord today is wanting to, by his Holy Spirit, to empower us to see the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of his love, to hear the scriptures, what he's actually calling us to do, because he says, Seek first, <clears throat> seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added to you. But I, 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 I declare, many of us are seeking first all these other things and hoping heaven will be added to us. And we're just not purposeful in it. Jesus said the fields are white with harvest, but there are few laborers. Pray to the father of the harvest that he will send more laborers. And he wants us to be the laborers. But it only works if we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. You see, our ultimate motive is that everyone would know Jesus Christ. It's our ultimate motive. That can come up in everything that you're doing, whether you're bowling, whether you're serving, whether you're changing a diaper, whether you're giving some guy five bucks that you know is gonna go spend it on alcohol, whether you're serving at the mission, whether you're serving at Love, Inc., come on. That's Heidi over here, the director of Love, Inc. I don't know if you guys know. Everything can bring glory to Jesus if he's our ultimate motive. But that only happens because of the work of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to wrap this up. At one point, the apostle is speaking in the scriptures and he says this, many of you have fallen asleep. In another place in the Psalms, it says, wake up, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. How do you wake yourself up? You don't. I'm preaching the scriptures to you under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is saying, wake up, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. Christ must be your ultimate motive. Christ, that people would know him in the beauty of his sacrifice, that people would encounter him in everything that you do, not because you have an ulterior motive to get them to Christ's center, but because you want them to encounter this Christ through you, through everything that you do. Hey, what's going on, man? I noticed you don't have a lunch. You want half this sandwich? Can I buy you lunch? Why are you doing that? Oh, you looked hungry. I love Jesus. He's generous. I thought that's probably what he'd do. That's it. You just preach the gospel. But it's only possible if we'll just start by saying, Lord, I think I might have fallen asleep. I think I might have got busy and started seeking first all these things and hoping you would add the kingdom and its righteousness. I kind of pushed you to the side, Lord. And I need you to wake me up. The prayer servant team is going to be, you see these back walls back here? Right here in this corner? They're going to they're be right there. And if you need prayer today, the prayer servant team is heading back there now to these sides between the trees. And I want you to get prayer if you need prayer today. Paul said this, pray for me that I would be given boldness that I may preach the gospel as I should in all that I do. It's okay for us to go and get prayer and say, ah, pray for me. In honor of what God is doing in our lives and is going to do in this room, when you're ready to go, I just want you to know you're dismissed. And may the Lord bless you this week. But for those that want to take a moment and say, God, to tell you the truth, I've been so sleepy for so long, I'm having a hard time even believing this message right now. I'm kind of pointing to the couple of things that I do, and I'd like that to be enough for you. And I'd like to walk out of here unchanged. And the Spirit of God wants to say, but there's more. I don't want to take more from you. I want you to have life and life abundantly. I don't want you to go do more stuff. I want you to let me do more stuff through you. I don't want you to go prove to me your love. I want you to give me your whole life again and let me give you a fresh fire. I don't want you to prove something to me. I want you to ask me to prove something to you. That you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind that the scriptures and the gospel of Jesus Christ would be real in you. And that's what the Spirit of God is here to do today. That's him calling. I stand at the door, and since you're in the 21st century, 
I'm just texting. Hey, open up your heart and I will come into you. Do you know that that scripture, I stand at the door and knock and whoever opens up, I and my father will come in and we will sup with you. We will eat with you. We will live with you. We will be with you. Was written to the church, not to unbelievers, though it's okay to share that with unbelievers because it's true, but it was written to the church. It was written to us when we had grown cold and we became busy doing our own thing and God said, hey, I'm at the door knocking. I'd like to come back in. I'd like you to present yourself as a living sacrifice again, a temple. And my Father and I will live with you and nothing will be impossible for you. Father, I want you to just stand, would you? Father, I pray. Lord, not out of emotionalism. My voice means nothing. My emotions truly for these brothers and sisters mean nothing. Showmanship, nothing. You're everything, Lord. Your word is everything. Your spirit is everything. Your gospel is everything. You're the living God. Wake us up, Lord, by your power that we would be able to see the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of your love and be able to live from that place and share your goodness always in all things through service, through words, through deeds, through excellence, through forgiveness, through grace. We ask in the name of Jesus. I just want you to let the Lord search you and bless you. And when he dismisses you, go forth and do great things and extend his family. If you need prayer, the prayer servant teams are along the back. Please take advantage of that. If you need prayer. And by the way, they've got some beautiful prophetic words for you. So if you come and say, I just need a word. They want to speak some exhortation, some comfort to you. Be blessed in the name of Jesus.